Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Hallelujah. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord, the Bible says. Praise God, such a joy to worship with all of you online and with every one of you that is gathered this morning, though in limited numbers, as per our regulations in our time and season. But God is a good God. Amen. Amen. And I'm just so grateful to God for giving us an opportunity to be alive in this season. If God has kept us alive, He's got plans for us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. God has a work for your life and my life, and I'm so grateful to God for this particular morning that we could come together and worship God. I rejoice as I see so many of you. Some of you uh, came to the church during the pandemic season. You came to the church, but not to the church building. And so some of you this morning are with us worshiping for the first time in the church building. So I want to just welcome all of you again. Over the last few weeks, three weeks, we have been looking at a very precious word, something God spoke to my heart to speak about. And we've been looking at this message called the Glorious Church. Hallelujah. The Glorious Church. Matthew's Gospel and chapter 16 and verse 18. This is the, we're looking at the fourth and final part of this message, the Glorious Church. Matthew 16 and verse 18. The Bible says, and I also say to you that you are Peter. And upon this rock... I will build my church, says the Lord, and the gates of hates shall not prevail against the church. I have good news. I've come with the word of the Lord this morning to tell you what is the final announcement that God is making about the gates of hell. The Bible says that God says he will build his church and no work of the devil, no plan of the enemy is going to prosper against the plan of God. Hallelujah. Many of you may have gone through a storm in your life. Over the last many months, you've gone through hard times. You've, some of you have gone through backsliding. Some of you have gone through brokenness. You've gone through pain. You've gone through problems. But I want you to know, you as the church of the living God, God has a plan for your life. And no matter what the devil throws against you, God is going to fulfill everything concerning you. Can I have an amen? amen. So believers are not just sent home in the word of God, you see. God is sent us with a plan for our lives. Once we're saved, once we're born again, once we come into the kingdom of God, God sends us with a specific plan for our life. Now, when God says, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail, He's not only talking about the church as a whole, as a gathering, He's talking about His bride, His body, which is you and me. Hallelujah. He has a unique plan for you and He has a cooperate plan for his whole body the church of the living God that is gathered together Isaiah 14 24 says and the Lord of hosts has sworn saying surely as I have thought so it shall come to pass and as I have purposed so it will stand says the Lord how many want to receive that word amen over your own lives. The word of the Lord says. It says the Lord of God has sworn. Has promised. Surely as I have thought it will come to pass. And as I have purposed so it shall stand. I know there are many among us. Whose yes is yes and no is no. We are people of our word. We want to stand by our word. How much more does a God of heaven. Want to stand by his word for you and for me. How much more does God of heaven want to bless you. And transform your lives in such a precious way. 
And through that, when we look at God's heart for the glorious church, God wants you to know that God has chosen His church, the body, as an instrument to bring great glory to God. You and I are part of that church. And if God has called His church as an instrument of God's glory, that means God has called you to be an instrument of God's glory. Hallelujah. You are not an ordinary person. You are called by God, set apart by God, as an instrument for His glory. Now don't compare with what others are doing because their assignment is not yours. Your grace is not theirs. You are an instrument to bring glory to God. Hallelujah. That excites me. When I look at so many of you, when I look at myself and so many out there that I'm speaking to, imagine God is speaking to you personally, prophesying to you personally. You are an instrument of God's glory. Hallelujah. Whether we feel like it or not, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10 and verse 21 goes like this. Verse 10 says that his intent was now that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God, the many faceted wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. That God wants to let the authorities know what is the multiple ideas of God's wisdom that God has when he thinks about you and me together as a church. God wants to proclaim to the demonic hosts a great mystery for which he wants to use you and me. Imagine. Imagine all the hosts of heaven, all the angelic hosts, millions and millions of them here and probably in the heavens, in different parts in the, in the universe. And God wants to proclaim to demonic hosts here on earth, what is His great mystery? And part of that mystery that God is going to do, you and I are incorporated into that mystery. Imagine God of heaven thought of you when He was planning an intergalactic you know, rescue operation starting here from earth and translating it into eternity. Hallelujah. The Bible says his intention is through the church to bring forth the manifold wisdom of God. Verse 21 says, to him be the glory in the church. That God wants to bring great glory to his name through the church. God wants to bring a blessing in the land through the church. God wants to bring transformation in your neighborhood through your, you yourself as a family and through the church. That God has planned wonderful things for your life. And my life. So it means two things. One, God wants to use the church as a conduit to proclaim something to the demonic realms. And two, He has planned for you to be a vessel of God's honor. That He has planned for you and me to be a vessel of great glory to God. That He can bring glory to His name through His church. Just imagine that. Just imagine that you are specially called by God. Now many of you may think, God, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. I don't know if you can use someone like me. God, do you know my past? God's asking you, do you know your future? Hallelujah. So many of you are spending so much of your time thinking about your past, about what's gone wrong, the messes and all the problems. Lord, my marriage is in a mess. Lord, my family's in a mess. Lord, my finances are in a mess. Lord, you don't know my past. God says, I have plans for you, says the Lord. Plans to bless you, not to harm you. Plans for a hope and for a future. 
When you look in Ephesians in chapter 3, when you look from verse 1 onwards, you see some powerful things that are there. In verse 1 it says, For this reason I, Paul, the prisoner of the Lord Jesus, for the sake of the Gentiles. Paul is specifically saying there is a call given to individuals because God has thought of someone in need. God has called you by name because God has seen someone in need. Hallelujah. Isn't that amazing? You know, as a family, when we something see there is a need, oftentimes I tell my children, how about you go there and help with that, you do that, you help fix that. What is that? Because their family, the father is sending family to solve somebody's need. Why is God calling you and me? Because we are his family. That God can send his sons and daughters to go out and solve the needs of the people out there in the land. And it's saying that Paul the prisoner of the Lord Jesus for your sakes. Gentiles, I'm a prisoner for your sakes. I'm in prison for you. I'm in chains for you. And it says, why am I in prison? Why am I in chains? Because I had a revelation. He says, I'm not in prison because I don't know how to get out of prison. I'm in prison because one day God spoke to me, Paul is saying. God spoke to me by a revelation made known to me as a mystery. What was it? He said, I wrote to you briefly about it. Verse 4 says, by referring to this, when you read, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not known to mankind. Which is God, Paul is saying, I am serving God because I had a revelation. The only reason we serve God is because our hearts are opened to the gospel revelation. What is this revelation? It says, now it has been revealed to the apostles and to the prophets. God has positioned men and women of God. You know, God has positioned leaders and pastors and apostles and prophets, both men and women. God's church is not only made out of male leadership. God has put his anointing upon men and women in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Some of you are wondering, you know, whether God can use women. I want you to know when the Jesus rose from the dead, the first person he used was a woman. She, she said, you know, she went out there before the disciples ever reached. She carried the good news. He's not in the grave. He has risen. Hallelujah. While the apostles were still crying over a buried savior, a woman, but the good news, God will use men and God will use women in his kingdom. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, uh, 12, it says, He ascended on high, gave gifts to men. Many pe- people read that. But I want you to know the Greek is not men. He said he ascended on high and gave gifts to mankind. Some to be apostles. Some to be prophets. Some to be evangelists, pastors and teachers. For the equipping of the saints. So God is revealing things to the leadership. And he says that this is a mystery that is being given. For whom I, verse 7 says, for which I have been made a minister. According to the grace of God given to me. Every one of you has a call. Every one of you has a ministry. Every one of you has a mandate. Why? Because every one of you is family. As parents, don't you entrust every one of your children with something to do? Don't you ask them to do something or engage in something or finish some work? Why do you do that? Because if they are in your family, they carry the mandate of the family. If you are in God's family, then you carry the mandate of God's family. No, you're not a guest that is coming to stay over at some night and just receive some blessing and go. You are called by God with a mandate from heaven. Hallelujah. Paul is saying, because of that mandate, I became a minister 
and I was given grace. God will never call you to do anything that he's not going to give you grace for. Hallelujah. God will never ask you to operate in a realm how difficult it may be, how challenging it may be, how problematic it may be. God will never call you to something that God will not power you up for. Hallelujah. I like that word. Power up those engines. God's not going to call you for anything that God is not willing to put his Holy Spirit power upon you for. Paul says, I was the least of the saints that was called to proclaim this unfathomable riches of Christ. As many of us feel we are nobody, God says, I am starting with the least of the saints because those are my mighty apostles. Hallelujah. The ones that feel that we don't qualify at all are the very ones God is putting his eyes on. Hallelujah. And he goes on to say in verse 9, he says, God called me to preach the mystery to the Gentiles and to enlighten all people as to what? The plan of the mystery is, which for ages has been hidden in God, who created all things to demonstrate God's wisdom. So that the multifaceted wisdom of God might, be, might now be made known through the church into the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. God is saying, I want through your life, let the demonic host know what kind of wisdom I'm operating in. When I chose you. Some of you wonder, Lord, what were you even thinking when you chose me? What, kind, what do you mean, what kind of wisdom? I want you to know we haven't seen when, until God is finished with our life. Until God is finished with us as a church. We haven't seen the mighty things God's going to do. Many people say, look at the church. Many are backslidden. Many are bitter. Many are lustful. Many are living in you know, you know, disobedient lives. And I want you to know, it is such a church, God is saying, I still have a plan. Hallelujah. You may have given up on yourself, but God has not given up on you. You may have given up your, you may have a plan B, C, D for yourself, but God is sticking by plan A because His gifts and His calling upon your life is irrevocable, says the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, God does not have a secondary plan for your life which is far lesser than what God is planning for the church. God wants to transform and he wants a demonic host to know for how great the wisdom of God is. For this, what the Bible says, he has put a mystery inside of you. He's put something inside of you, a mystery which is today being made known to the Gentiles. I'm going to look at what that mystery is. He says, for in verse 14, For this reason I bend my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives his name, that he would grant you the riches of his glory to be strengthened in his power by the Holy Spirit, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, and may be able to comprehend along with the saints what is the width, what is the height, what is the length and breadth of the love of Christ. Surpassing knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now look, what is he saying? He's saying that I am putting a mystery inside of you. Which is a revelation that now you are beginning to understand as the apostles and the prophets are beginning to preach to you and explaining this revelation. What is this revelation? Christ in you, the hope for the nations. Hallelujah. What is this mystery that the Gentiles did not know? Christ in you. Is the hope for a dying world. That's a mystery God has put inside of you. To those that are perishing, it sounds like foolishness. But to those that are being saved, what is in you is the power of God. Hallelujah. What is in you? You might say, what is in me? 
What is in me is a, I believe Jesus is Lord. No, what is in you is the very Spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. That is what is in you. Hallelujah. You are not an ordinary person. You are a world changer. Hallelujah. Why? Because of what is in you. How? When it becomes revelation. Many of us don't have revelation. When was the day that I got saved when it became revelation? When is it that I started living an overcoming life? When the word of God became flesh, became revelation. When is it that we started serving God? When the word of God became revelation. Everything in your life and my life makes sense when it becomes revelation. And in that context, look at this. In that context of this mystery going out into the nations. In that context, Paul is writing in Ephesians, uh, in, in verse 20 and 21 of this chapter. In, you know, he's going on to say in Ephesians 3, 20, 21, he comes with this powerful verse, which many people don't understand the context. He says, in this context of a revelation in you, I'm putting a mystery in you, in the church, that is going to go out and carry this gospel to the nations. And in that context, about the power of God in you to carry this mystery, he's saying, now unto God. Who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than you can ask or even imagine. Hallelujah. God is saying to take this mystery out into the nations. I am going to do through you exceedingly. Help me. And abundantly. How much? More than what you can ask or even Think. You know what that means? It means the, the, how much ever you have thought, oh, God can use me only this much. God is saying, I'm going to top it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If some of you are thinking, I'm going to reach millions for the Lord, God is saying, I'm going to top that up. Hallelujah. Whatever your dream is, whatever your imagination is, whatever is in your heart to do for God, God is saying, I'm the one that's put it there. I'm the one that's going to anoint you with the Holy Spirit. And whatever your biggest dream is, I'm going to top it up. Hallelujah. I'm going to cause you to do exceedingly and abundantly more than what you can ask or imagine. Many times when we think of the role of the churches in society today, we think most of the churches are engaged in compassion, they're engaged in you know, conducting Sunday services, they're engaged in doing Christian rites and ceremonies, burials, funerals, marriages and baptisms. or They're engaged in doing social justice and, and righteousness, which is all great. Which is all great. The world needs it. But all of that without the gospel. Without the gospel becomes meaningless. Social justice without the gospel will the next unjust ruler that comes in will take social justice away. But what does the gospel do? Gospel becomes the powerhouse for social justice. Gospel wakes you up and tells you don't give up. Until you're gone, it isn't over. Hallelujah. Until God calls you home, the anointing on your life is not going to go. That is why inside of you, because of this gospel, you will be burning that justice must go out into a world. The church has spent its time looking at many of these things without the gospel. All of that without the gospel. Is like an eggshell without the chick. The chick is the life of God. The chick leaves an eggshell. The eggshell becomes worthless. Other than for a few things to use after that. Today many of our churches are focused on Sunday morning services. Good music. Nice time of worship. That feeling. That emotion. Great word. Bible study. Compassion. Entertainment. Christian entertainment. All of that. In the church today we have 
more gadgets, more tools, more organizing, more protocols, more ideas and, you know, more property, more attendance. We may have more visibility, more popularity. We may have more social media following. We may have more money and more influence or clout. But if we don't have more of the anointing, what God wants is that God wants more souls. For Christ did not love the, the programs or a good Christmas or an Easter or a great outreach that Christ did die for our church programs. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God did not give Jesus for anything else other than souls. Hallelujah. And that is what God is calling you and me for. And he's saying, I have put this mystery in you. Every one of you has the ability in you to fulfill the mandate of God to bring souls into the kingdom. We may have all of this, but God's heart is to understand what is this mystery. To understand the mandate that we as a church are called to proclaim this. We are anointed to proclaim the gospel. God has planned for the church really to be an answer to the hurting world and a challenge to the demonic world. Hallelujah. You are not an ordinary person. The Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Which means the one in you is greater than the demonic hosts. The Bible says that he has, he has you know... Put these demons under our feet by the authority of God. What that means is that if you and I walk with God, God will demonstrate to the demonic host, what is this great mystery? The answer is the same today as what it was in the first century. The answer is the same. The gospel of Jesus is the answer to a broken world. The gospel of Jesus, whether people like to hear it or not, whether people agree with us, whether we are saying the right thing or not, it does not change the fact that the Bible says there is no other name in heaven or earth by which a man shall be saved except by the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. There is no other name. There is no other program. There is no other method by which our eternities can be changed forever other than repenting from our sin Believing on the Lord Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The gospel of Jesus is the answer to a broken world through the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. The church is never glorious unless as a bride. She's constantly telling, you know when a bride is getting married, she's constantly showing others this is the guy. Or this is the wedding venue. Or this is what is going to happen. This is what the marriage is going to be like. This is where we are going for a honeymoon. She's always talking about and telling people and showing the pictures in the same way if a bride would do that. Then we as the bride of Christ, if we know that he's coming, then we must be always telling everybody that the marriage of the Lamb is coming. Hallelujah. We must tell people, we want to invite you to the marriage of the Lamb. We don't want you to be unaware. You see, the gospel is not for a few of us. To happy, clappy people who come to church and sing a few songs and go away. The gospel is for a dying world. But he put that gospel in you. He put the good news in you. And we are not ashamed of the gospel. Hallelujah. I said we are not ashamed of the gospel. Because the Bible says it is the power of God to be saved. It can change your eternity. 
But how can we become a glorious church if you refuse to be deployed? How can we be a glorious church? Romans chapter 8 verse 19. Look at it. It's a powerful verse. Romans 8 19 says like this. For the eagerly, for eagerly awaiting creation. Waits. In fact, for the anxious longing of creation. The eagerly awaiting of creation. What are they waiting for? Waiting for the revelation of the sons of God. Which means creation is waiting for you. Creation is waiting for me. To be what? Because creation knows in you and in me, God has put the mystery. You're not an ordinary person. You are filled up with God's mystery. You're filled up with God's answer for a dying world. But we spend our time crying, Lord, I'm a nobody. You don't know, Lord. I don't know if you can use me. Lord, I don't know, Lord. We waste our time when God is saying, I've filled you with my mystery, says the Lord. Hallelujah. We are not ordinary. For the eagerly awaiting creation waits for the revealing of the sons of God. I want you to say this after me. Creation is waiting for the revelation of the mystery in me. Amen. Creation is waiting for you to reveal to creation the mystery that God has spoken to your heart. For creation was subject to futility. Not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself will also be set free from slavery to corruption into the freedom. Creation to be set free from the slavery of corruption to what? To the freedom of the glory of the children of God. Creation is longing to have the life you have. Creation is longing... To be filled with the anointing you're filled with. Creation is waiting for the hope that you're living by. Creation is waiting for the faith that is inside of you and me. Creation is longing for you and me to be revealed. So that they can also have the glory that is in us. That they can have that same glory in them. Do you know you are. The source of glory to the rest of the world. You're a conduit of God's glory. You're a gateway of God's glory. The glorious church is the pathway to global glory. Jesus says that this is on God's heart. That what is on God's heart is that we need to know God's heart has this. That the world needs God. That's mission. That the church needs a savior. That's Christ. That Christ needs a body. That's you and me, the church. That the body needs leadership. That's the fivefold ministry. And as individuals, the church, we want to need a family. That's the church. God, heaven's expectations of this church is that we will be the conduits of glory. Hallelujah. That the glory you have in your life, the anointing you live by, the anointing you walk in, the glory in you must go out. The glory in you must reach out. The glory in you is somebody's, can make a difference in somebody's eternity. The glory in you. The Bible says in Acts 2, you know the portion, Acts 2, 42 onwards, all the way to 47. It it says they gathered together 
at the, the depart 3000 were added to their numbers the bible says and they steadfastly committed themselves to the apostles doctrine to breaking bread to fellowship and to prayer and they were all together they had everything in common sold their possessions divided among them and continually daily worshiped in the temple breaking bread from house to house ate the food with gladness simplicity of heart look at verse 47 praising god and having favor you know it says with all people and read this together with me the last part and the lord was adding to their number day by day those that were being which means the glorious church one of the signs of a glorious church is that the lord is adding daily to their number hallelujah amen that's a sign of a glorious church that's a sign when we become a glorious church that souls god listen god has not stopped adding god has not stopped adding people into the kingdom the bible is saying god is so excited about souls that he was daily adding people to their number everybody said daily that's the plan of god a daily adding to the number why what does god want us to do god wants us to first gather together as a church of the living god he wants us to be a people that gathers doing corporate life worship fellowship prayer breaking bread all of that together to be a community under one leadership one heavenly instruction the word of god united by the power of the holy spirit he wants us to everybody say gather and this is what god wants to do the enemy doesn't like us gathering because he knows where when we gather together we are encouraged he knows when we are gathered together we are set on fire by god when we gather together you know all angels blazing we are passionate for god as iron sharpens iron we encourage one another to walk with god so devil hates us gathering that's why he tries to stop us many people in this season itself has you know without gathering have gone through lot of emotional pain but we are not gathering simply to gather on a sunday morning if we are gathering because it's sunday then we are not the glorious church are you listening to me if we are gathering because it's sunday we are not the glorious church but if we are gathering because god wants us to be a family and from there god wants us to go to the next step what is that from gathering god wants us to grow hallelujah he wants us to grow how in discipleship as a family he wants us to grow in the word of god he wants us to grow in serving one another you know many of you all this morning as you're worshiping here as you're gathering here today worshiping god the reason we are worshiping god together is because somebody or the other has been serving somewhere hallelujah and i want to thank god for every one of you that gave your time effort prayer money everything into the last many many months a year and a half and over and made the gathering possible even online growing together praying together conducting prayers leading intercession preaching god's word you know doing care cells encouraging people making phone calls some of you guys have been going after the the sick and praying for the sick and 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 doing the works of ministry as you worked together you not only gathered you began to grow your life and grow the lives of people that we love one another that's the heart of god that we grow that we lo- learn the word of god we love one another we serve one another we continue to grow united in fellowship not only does god want us to gather not only does god want us to grow but from there if we have to be a glorious church we have to go we have to go into all the world 
and make disciples of every nation. A glorious church is a birthing church. A glorious church is a spirit-filled church that has a mission. If you are a glorious church, as an individual, you will be constantly birthing. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? What is the will of God in my life? I want to do that. Matthew's Gospel 28, 18 says, Go into all the world and make disciples of every nation. Proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. Demonstrating the power of God. Casting out demons. Walking in the fear of the Lord. Establishing the kingdom of God. And we as churches become heaven's embassy here on earth. We become the the voice of heaven to a hurting world. We become the life of heaven to a broken world. And I believe God wants, say it after me, God wants us to gather, say gather. God wants us to grow, grow, and then God wants us to. This is a glorious church. And any church that is not gathering and growing to go, To carry the gospel. We are not being glorious. We are not walking in that glorious call that God has called us for. We want to grow with the growth that has come from the Lord. Many people, when they look to the church, they look to the church as a consumer product. That this is a place where, you know, they come to hatch, match and dispatch. They come for (laughs) hatching, you know, dedications, matching for their marriages and then dispatch. To send them to the grave. No, this is not a place for hatch, match and dispatch. This is a glorious church. Hallelujah. Where we worship in the spirit. Where we preach the undiluted word of God. And we understand that God's heart is longing for the lost. We have to carry. You are a conduit of that message. Don't stop telling people about Jesus. Don't stop telling the world. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. But our minds, oftentimes, we are, have a consumer mentality. We have a consumer mentality that I, I'm coming here and, and I'm expecting certain things when I go. I go to this church because these are their products. No, you go to the church because God has made you family. God has planted you and me. We are the planting of the Lord. For what? To bear fruit. We are planted by God to bear fruit. I want you to know, people of God, if you're a small church, then we gather according, we bear fruit accordingly. Large churches gather, bear fruit accordingly. Now, some people like to go to large churches because they've got great programs or they've got great things like that. But I want you to know, God uses all kinds of churches. God's not with a big program or without a big program. God still will use His church. Hallelujah. When somebody's drowning in water... They don't care whether it's a big ship that has come to throw them a rope or whether it's a small fishing boat that has come to throw them a rope. All they care is somebody is there to get me out of this water. Hallelujah. If that's the case, the lost don't care whether we got great programs in the church. The lost don't care whether we got comfortable seating. What the lost care is there's someone in the church who cares enough to tell a dying world that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. Hallelujah. No one comes to the Father except for me. I want to tell you, proclaim to you today, that Jesus is the King of glory. Amen. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the King of glory is coming for a glorious church. The Bible says, what is this church? It is not just a gathering of people. The Bible says, this is the heavenly Jerusalem. This is the assembly of the firstborn. This is is Mount Zion. This is the city of God. Bible says in Hebrews 12. 
It says it is the church of the firstborn enrolled in heaven. When, when we look at ourselves, we say we have membership. We have membership on earth. When God looks at the church, He says, your names are membership in heaven. It's a glorious family. The assembling of the firstborn, He says, where myriads of angels are gathered together. When the church gathers, He's saying, angels are coming together. The host of heaven, isn't it awesome to know when you have gathered this morning, that a host of angels are worshipping with you this morning. Hallelujah. In the house of God. And it is about this uh, church, the Bible is saying, of this kingdom. There shall be no end. He's saying everything in Hebrews 12, the last part. He says everything that can be shaken will be shaken. And he says, and what will remain? It says in, in Hebrews 12, 27, uh, once again denotes most of the removing of things which cannot be shaken, which can be shaken. And verse 28 says, therefore, since that we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude. Hallelujah. We have a glorious church. A glorious king leading us to a glorious church and has given us a glorious gospel. This glorious gospel, this is the answer to a hurting world. We carry a glorious gospel. This is not just an ordinary myth. This is not an ordinary story. This is the key for somebody's eternity. The glorious gospel, not only do we have a glorious gospel, we are going to have a glorious appearing. Hallelujah. That one day Jesus is going to come in the clouds. Matthew's gospel and chapter 25, the Bible says, when the Son of Man comes in His glory. Hallelujah. He's going to come back in glory and all the world is going to see him gloriously. The Bible says when he comes back, he's going to come to destroy the demonic host. He's going to come to rule and reign, bless the land, establish the kingdom and take his bride home. There's going to be a glorious appearing. Not only is there going to be a glorious appearing, there's also going to be when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise. And if you're dead at that time or if you're alive, God says that you are going to be caught up with him in the clouds. He's not going to ask you what dress you're wearing or what the value is. He's going to put on you a glorious body. Hallelujah. Then the Bible says that as many as him believe him, though you die, yet you will live. Hallelujah. We have a hope in life and we have a hope in death. We are going to be given a glorious body. Not only a glorious body, the Bible says there's also going to be a glorious judgment. Hallelujah. Where there's going to be a separating of the sheep and the goat. There's going to be a separating of the works of darkness and the works of light. When the glorious judgment comes, every one of you that has been serving God. 1 Peter 5, 4 says, when the chief shepherd appears, you will also receive an unfailing crown of glory. There's going to be a glorious judgment. There's going to be glorious rewards. There's going to be a glorious time. And when this happens, after this, there's going to be a glorious eternity. That you and I are going to be with Him forever and forever and forever. Because on earth, the earth is going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God as the heavens cover the sea. When we read that verse, we're so excited. But more than that, when I read in that day in the New Jerusalem, Nobody is going to be sick. 
There's not going to be anyone that's going to be sorrowful. There's no river that flows from the throne room of God. The Bible says there will be no sun, there will be no moon. Because He Himself shall be the light of glory in that place. If the earth being filled with His glory is so exciting, how much more exciting is heaven going to be? That is going to be filled with His glory. If this is the case, and everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken, then I want to tell you, Church of the Living God, then what manner of life shall we live? What kind of life should you and I live when we know that everything else is going to be shaken? Think of when, when the Bible says everything, it means everything. Economies, it means nations are going to be shaken. It means people groups are going to be shaken. It means ideologies are going to be shaken. You know, isms are going to be shaken. The atheism and agnosticism and lot of, lot of, you know, a lot, lot of traditional mentalities are going to be shaken. And the Bible says, everything that can be shaken will be shaken. But the Bible says, the kingdom of God will remain strong and steadfast until His coming. If so, then what kind of lives should you and I live? We should live lives worthy of the gospel. We should live lives remembering that God loves the world. Every day we should, you know, there are people that will circle you out. You draw a bigger circle and circle them in. There are people that tell you, I don't want you. You draw a bigger circle and say, we want you. Why do people reject you? Because they are afraid. Why do people walk away from you? Because they are hurting. Someone said like this, a quote that really blessed me. A quote goes like this. If the wise of the young is ageism, you know, young people like to hang out with young people, clicks. If the wise of the young is ageism, then the virtue of the church is age-lesson. That we, the church is not bound by any church. We are a family. Hallelujah. If the, if the young people say we want to hang out only with young people, the family says we want to hang out with everybody. Hallelujah. We include them in. If the young cope with diversity, diverse kind of ideology, if they cope with that through relativism, which means let's accept everything, that the church copes with diversity through understanding and love, saying we won't accept every ideology, but we will love all people. Hallelujah. We will walk with all people. If the young soak itself in an exclusive culture of music and drugs, then the church will soak itself in an inclusive culture of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world. That's inclusive. That He gave His only begotten Son. That was the only one. That whoso believe in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We can fail from this responsibility. You know, we can look like the world. We can act like the world. We can talk like the world. We can dress like the world. We can think like the world. We can embrace the values of the world. We can doubt and live hopeless lives like the world. If you are acting like the world, thinking like the world, dressing like the world, walking like the world, talking like the world, believing like the world, and being hopeless like the world, then you are the world. Then you are the world. But if the Spirit of God is in you and me, hallelujah, then we will think like Christ. We will walk as He walked. We will talk as He talked. We will proclaim as He proclaimed. We will pray as He prayed. We will believe what the Father says as He believed. We will work like He worked. If we are the children of God, then we will do what God has done. We are His hands. We are His feet. We are the answer to a dying world. And I believe God is today calling you and me to be the light of the world.
as every eye closed in the presence of God. This is the glorious church. God is calling us to be a glorious church. A bride that carries the mystery of the gospel. Inside of us not to hide it under a bushel. But to let your light shine among men. That they will see your good works. And give great glory to God in heaven. Hallelujah. Father, we want to pray together today. We want to pray that we will not be a dead church. We want to pray that we will not be a church that is filled with the world, that walks like the world, talks like the world, thinks and behaves, and is hopeless like the world. We pray we will be a church that walks like Christ, talks like Christ. We submit our lives. We want to think like Jesus. We want to go and we want to say, I have sheep that is not in this fold as yet. Like Jesus said, we want to go looking for the lost. We want to be the good shepherds, Lord. And we want to be a sheep that gives birth to sheep. That we will reach out to the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you today that you are calling us to be the glorious church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We submit our lives. Father, we say, Father, the rest of the days that are ordained for us, we will not live in a light manner. We will live submitted completely to you. We would be a city on a hill. We would be a candle on a lampstand. We would be an answer to the hurting world. Because the glory of God will flow through us into a lost world. Father, give us grace to carry this gospel. That the whole world will know that Jesus is the answer for a hurting world. We give you praise. We are the glorious church. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wscc.in.